So we're sitting back. Uh, these doors open up, and there's five or six of us, and we're in hockey gear from our pants down, took our skate blades out, gloves, stick, naked, shirtless. And we walk, and we the, these doors open up, and the smoke goes, and we walk down these glass stairs and skates, and everybody's going wild, and we're like, "This is," I'm like, "There's it's a live TV set." I'm kind of in shape and kind of not in shape. I'm walking down. The guys are doing push-ups before we got our makeup done. I'm going, what is this? What did I sign up for? <laughs> Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. It is your host, David McCaig Jr. This is episode two of the Game Sports Show podcast, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, sponsored by the Sport Displays and Flawless Roofing. Now, before I even get into the agenda and the electrifying content that the show is going to feature for full enjoyment of your ears, your viewing, whatever way you're viewing, which, by the way, you should make sure that you subscribe, like, and follow all the platforms on the Game Sports Show, in particular the TGEM Network YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. But speaking of the sponsors of the Game Sports Show podcast, Flawless Roofing, and you may see this sweater with this very nice logo that I'm wearing. You may see the calendar right behind me. Flawless Roofing, what is it, may you ask? Well, it's right in the title. It is a roofing company, and it is flawless, okay? And it's a roofing company that handles both residential rooftops and commercial rooftops, okay? Over 30 years of experience. And you got to protect your investments, right? May as well start it and protect those investments from the right from the top. Now, the sport displays as well. They have a fantastic product called the Jersey Mount. Now, if you have a jersey, if a signed jersey, a shirt, anything that you want to display, it could be one, it could be two, it could be 20 of them in your man cave, in your garage, your bedroom, maybe the studio recording office, whatever it may be, the Sport Displays and Jersey Mount has you covered. Very affordable product, very simple to install. You can use double-sided tape, you can screw it into the wall, and it's interchangeable just by a click, click, and I like to say click, click, boom, but how about click, click? viewing enjoyment let's go with that now what the sport displays are actually going to be in toronto in the toronto atrium on february the 9th doing the dragon's den market yes you could have seen the sport displays on a previous episode of dragon's den but they will be featured on february the 9th in between the hours of 11 a.m and 6 p.m in the toronto atrium that's a cbc toronto atrium that you can check out the sport displays will be featured there. Now, getting to the agenda of tonight's second episode of the Game Sports Show with yours truly, David McKegg, the Game Sports Show podcast powered by the Game Entertainment Media, the TGEM Network YouTube channel, and all podcast platforms. We're going to get into some hockey talk right off the hop with yours truly here, getting some news in hockey. Then the second segment of the show is going to get into a nice special guest interview. Yes, everyone's going to be like, well, Dave, every time I listen to the Game Sports Show podcast, that's your special edition upload. Listen. The Game Sports Show podcast is going to have a lot of content all over the place. And this is a very exciting interview that we have for this edition this week. And it's with Bronson Kovacs. Yes, the owner of Zolli's Cleaners. And also, he played professional hockey over in Europe. 
We're going to talk hockey. Him and I played against each other. You know, we've had more against each other than we've played with each other. I can't even recall us being teammates. So all of it's been rivalry between him and I. But he's going to share some of his stories in the quest of his business, but as well in the world of sports. And then we're going to have my final thoughts to conclude the show. And that's going to be fully NFL invaded in those pieces of final thoughts. Now, I want to jump right into talking about in the National Hockey League. I want to talk about firstly saying a shout out to the uh, Hall family, Bobby Hall, passed away at the age of 84 years of age. You could check out a fantastic article on NHL.com. And Brett Hall had an amazing post on his social medias. Very heartfelt. If you really want to check it out, uh, legend of the game, obviously a legend in Chicago for the Blackhawks, Bobby Hall. Uh, may he rest in peace. I also want to talk about, besides moving on to the content side of things, a trade that happened in the National Hockey League. We're going to be talking about a lot of trades. And if you check out last week's episode, You'll see that I talked about how Vancouver is going to be selling, and it was purely Dave against the Vancouver Canucks in that episode. I was all over the Vancouver Canucks calling out Jim Rutherford, saying a bunch of words that came to mind that he wasn't a successful GM and that truly he is. He's won a couple cups, but I mean, the successful person to operate the Vancouver Canucks, if he is the right person at the helm now because of what they did to Bruce Boudreaux and overall what they did do to Bruce was very unprofessional and awful, but we're not talking Bruce Boudreaux here. We're talking that the Vancouver Canucks are going to be a seller. And last week, I'm going to open it the same this week with Vancouver. Say, yep, that team is a seller. They traded Bo Horvat over to the New York Islanders. And I'm not going to dissect trades because things can happen right beyond this recording. But what I am going to be able to dissect is this move for the New York Islanders. They make a move for uh, Anthony Bouvillier, Aturatu, and a first-round pick going over to Vancouver. You know Vancouver is going to be trying to build up those picks. They want Connor Bedard. And the thing is, the New York Islanders, at this time recording on the outside looking in, they are a team that was a couple years away or a couple years removed from being in the conference finals. Okay, this is a team that lost the Stanley Cup champion, the eventual Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. And they're no stranger to playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. They, the New York Islanders have a good team put together. And Bo Horvat adding to fit in that top six, if not the top line, is going to be very good for the New York Islanders. The Islanders did make a good move here. And they gave up someone who was supposed to be a first-round pick but dropped in the second round because of performance, injuries, all the fun stuff there. He's going to have an opportunity now to really spread his wings in Vancouver. I think this is an overall a good trade, but I think the Islanders got the better of Vancouver here if they make the playoffs and re-sign Bo Horvat. If they don't make the playoffs and that first-round pick is – there's some contingencies in that pick, but whatever it may be, if they're not a playoff team when that pick is inside the draft – Vancouver might move up in the lottery, have the have another pick that's maybe a lottery pick. Who knows what's going to happen? But overall, Bo Horvat going to the New York Islanders and the Vancouver Canucks are not going to be done. They're going to be trading out Brock Besser. I guarantee you, I'm just going to say this now. Brock Besser, Luke Shen, they, they've already got their passports ready out. They got their bags packed because they know that they're getting dealt. And the only untouchables, I would say, are likely Quinn Hughes and even Pedersen would be somebody, unless someone comes and knocks the shoes off of the Vancouver Canucks organization for Pedersen. But there are moves that could be had here in Vancouver, and it's going to be something to enjoy. They're going to be getting attacked by a lot of teams for those trades to happen. And there's a lot of pieces that can be moved to teams that can help. And speaking of teams that should go all in, that's the next point I'm going to get into. Teams that should be going all in at the deadline this year. First and foremost, yes, and people text me about Toronto all the time because everybody knows that Toronto Maple Leafs is a team I cheer for. But we know here on the Game Sports Show, we talk about all teams equally. All 32 teams, we talk about 
But yes, number one is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Number two is the Carolina Hurricanes. Number three is the Edmonton Oilers. Those are the three teams that have to go all in on getting some assets this year. The only thing that's going to be an issue is the salary cap side of things. The Toronto Maple Leafs, the people ask, hey, what, is, what do they need? How can they go all in? Get another defenseman, get another top six forward. Yeah, as easy as to say that. Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs can have pending trade partners that would work. Vancouver, Kyle Dubas was seen in Vancouver. Chicago, if you look at Max Domi, Jake McCabe, is that a package-type deal? Does Toronto look at looking at Brock Besser? I don't think so. Are they looking at Luke Shen? Mm, wouldn't that be something? And I'm like I said, I'm not going to dive into the content and rumors about where this player is going where. Okay, but if a team's got to go all in, it is Toronto this year. Toronto this year, next year, got to go all in. You got to attract Matthews to stay longer, sign that long-term extension, or he might go to the desert and be playing at the Mullet Arena if that if Toronto doesn't get past the first round next couple of years. Joke side, I believe Matthews will be Toronto loyal, but this is a team that can go all in this upcoming playoffs or upcoming deadline for the playoffs, and you got a tough road ahead in that playoffs. You're playing Tampa or Boston in that first round. That's the way it's going. That's the way it's going. And it's not an easy first-round matchup. And you know those two teams, both Boston and Tampa, are going to be making trades. They always have. Carolina is a very sexy team to watch. And I said this from the beginning of the season. I had Toronto and Carolina being the conference final on the eastern side. And I didn't want to say who I picked out of that. I'm, if that spoils the pick, it, it is what it is. But they, the Carolina Hurricanes are a very exciting team to watch. Pacioretty is done for the season. They can move out some cap pieces and make some room and bring in some assets. And I think Carolina is going to be a really big shocker uh, in terms of going in a bit more to bring in some players. But they really don't need to change too much. They don't need to change too much. They may have to improve in some areas, ensure the health and net, but they've had some good stability in there. The Edmonton Oilers, Jack Campbell's been a disaster for you. Okay, it's been an issue for you overall. You need to ensure that Skinner and Campbell can maintain consistency and then focus on the D side of the puck. They should be all in on Jake Chikrin. That's a team that should be all over the Arizona Coyotes, or they should be looking at adding on that blue line as best as they can. And heck, if you could bring in a depth forward, why the heck not? Leafs, Canes, Oilers. Those teams got to go all in. And like I said last week, my surprise team is no, not the New York Rangers. because Everyone thinks it's sexy. The Kane might go to the Rangers. Mm, Seattle crack. And I have a feeling they're going to put their hands in the pot, the tentacles in there. And I think they're going to have a feeling. I could be wrong by the time this is uploaded, but Patrick Kane. Got that feeling. Lastly, I want to get into the NHL All-Star Game issues before we get Bronson to come on into the show. The NHL All-Star Game. Okay. I don't have a lot of time to go for this, and I kind of wondered to myself and why I have this as a topic. And overall, I got to say flat out, the NHL All-Star Game, I am not watching that shit. I'm sorry, the 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 NHL All-Star Game, the selection process, the whole enchilada of the, and the NHL All-Star Game is an issue to me. How Willie Nylander doesn't get picked in there after Matthews gets injured is one thing. But I'm not going to be biased. Barkoff's a great hockey player. He's one of the best two-way players, one of the top players in the league for a reason. But the NHL All-Star Game, it's it's just so not enjoyable. You think of all the skills. It could be cool. You bring all these guests to go in there. And it's just not the way it used to be. Maybe I'm old school with that. But I look back at the, the opening of the Air Canada Center back in 2000. And I think of that, how everyone tried. You, know, you had Al McInnes, Chris Pronger. You had all these guys just actually really trying on their drills and their skills competition and trying to win. And then the All-Star Game. It was hard-paced. Now, granted, the three-on-three hockey is exciting and has been really entertaining to watch, 
But I've always been a fan. If you're going to keep the all-star game, maybe you should consider changing the format and making it worth something. For the MLB, you know, there's a lot of jokes that go around, but they throw the ball hard. They try to get hits because that's home field advantage in the World Series. That's what they pay for. But then you got owners in the National Hockey League. They're going to be like, well, my player might get hurt if he goes too hard at the all-star game, which granted can happen. But the all-star game, it's either you scrap it or enhance it. That's where my vision is on it. And I say scrap it. I I would rather them focus on making sure they can get back to the Olympics so we can see guys like Crosby and McDavid play together. Or we can see some of these great players play together before they age out because it seems like we're never going to see another Olympics with all the NHL in there. It, the, the NHL All-Star game, could be a good time for teams to take a week, a week and a half off to look at another avenue of something for entertainment or just take the week off for players, like a bye week, so teams can try to get their injuries and players can focus on seeing their families. Mental health is very important, right? Maybe it's time to think of the All-Star game as, yes, it is a money a grab. It attracts fans. You sell jerseys. But maybe it is time to consider completely scrapping it or enhancing it. And I'm a fan of scrapping it. I think it is not enjoyable. I think it's a waste of time to watch. I literally will not waste time to watch it. If it is on in my household, it's while I'm doing something, likely talking in front of this camera to you great listeners. But the NHL All-Star Game has got to go. And maybe it's not going to get rid of forever. It's just changing the format. I would be open to that. Like I said, scrap or enhance, I say scrap. But if someone says, hey, Dave, I'm, gonna t- I'm, I'm, I'm someone who runs the All-Star game. Hey, Dave, I'm going to take the All-Star game and change it. I'm going to change it, complete 360, and make you like it. I would bite. I'd be interested to see because a little boy in me, which is the target market, is the kids. Let's not forget that. The target market is the kids. And they like seeing the dangles. They like seeing the Michigans. They like seeing all these moves. But you got our generation, if you're my age, in the 1990s era, the 80s, the you know, 70s, that type of era, we want to see that hard shot. We want to see the intensity. You got to find that middle. But speaking of target, it's the kids that are going to make the money for National Hockey League. So that's why it isn't gone. But I hope they can open up on expanding it, enhancing it, as I said, or at the very least, if they can't do that, maybe scrap it and look at something else. Just my thoughts, probably unfavored opinion, and it likely won't happen because I don't. it's making too much money. It won't go anywhere, but it's time to consider that. That's all I'm going to talk about in terms of hockey. I lied to the one only best producer around, Mike Tassoni. I didn't say his name at the beginning, but everyone knows that Mike Tassoni is the producer of the Game Sports Show podcast here, powered by the Game Entertainment Media. He's the man. He's the myth. He's a legend. He's behind the camera doing all the work for you to enjoy and make me look a little bit prettier and able to look at me more. So I'm sure he would want me to take a breath because it is time to take a quick breath and bring in our guest here for this show, Bronson Kovacs. Take a few moments and let Bronson get settled in. Now, speaking of Bronson Kovacs, he's settled in now. He's chilling. He's ready to join yours truly, David McKay. Let's bring him in. The one only owner and operator, former professional hockey player, now men's league all-star. Bronson Kovacs, the owner of Zoli's Cleaners. Bronson, my friend, how's it going? It's going well, my friend. Good to, good to be on the show. Really excited. Definitely. Now, I know we're going to talk about Zoli's Cleaners first, but I got to say something pinpointed first. The Sue Thunderbird jersey right behind you. I see it on there. You are a Sioux Thunderbird alum. If anyone's wondering what that logo is, uh, the Game Sports Show is based in Sioux, Ontario, for any listeners that are outside of here. Uh, but the Sioux Thunderbirds, T-Bot, that's a legendary junior hockey team, okay? And there's a lot of history. And Bronze, you won, I believe, with them, right? If I remember yeah, correctly. 
bringing up the bringing up the Thunderbirds, it's 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 a pretty uh, funny story how my grandfather Zoltan Senior actually started the Thunderbirds way way back when when it was still it was the oh i think it was called the oha it was something else that they, yeah. he basically he wanted a, a place for local players to be able to play and he actually started it then my dad he didn't play he played for the grounds my dad ended up coaching and i ended up playing so it was kind of three generations of uh of kovacs suiting up or, or being involved with the with the two thunderbirds well i know your dad is a pretty known coach too obviously everyone knows that and yourself you've grown up in the ways of hockey we're going to talk hockey shortly but i want to talk zoli's cleaners first okay zoli's cleaners with a k it's not cleaners with a c it's much cooler with a with a k just so everybody knows and in sault marie it's not a secret okay it's known you've been on podcasts in town or broadcasts whatever uh and you've had shares uh, you've had articles it's known and deservingly so you've had a post today about having a certificate uh, with your technician side of things. I want you to talk about it. Uh, we'll go back and forth with it, but how'd this all start? What is it? Give our, give the listeners a little taste of what Zoli's Cleaners is. Well, Zoli's Cleaners, is, we're basically um, an ozone cleaning company. So uh, long story short with ozone, it's, it's highly charged oxygen that basically takes the smell and the odors and the bacteria out of every household things. So for me, it's... Um, Growing up playing hockey, uh, looking back now, I, I feel terrible for my mom and basically all mothers that, that grew up with hockey players that, that took over their laundry rooms or their basements. Because I know you were probably in a similar spot. You play the game, pack up your gear, bring it right downstairs, hang it up. All of a sudden, your entire house just reeks. Yep. It, took, it basically took me 32 years that you can kind of see in the background. I built my own hockey stall. It took me 32 years for me to come back to the zoo and have my own house to smell this gear and go, holy, like this is, something's got to be done. This was definitely something I was, uh, I was doing some research on, looking into, and it wasn't, it was offered in Sault Ste. Marie, but it wasn't as advertised, it wasn't advertised a whole lot. So Mark Ebear, I actually bought my machine off him. He's had this machine for several years now. He just has had so many other things on the go that he hasn't really advertised it. So when I approached him last summer, I kind of, I didn't, it was more of a professional courty, courtyism, courtyism, courtyism. Yeah. Like that works. That works. Was, I basically just wanted to reach out and say, I, I've known Mark for years and say, Mark, I'm looking to get into this ozone business. Want to let you know, want to ask you a couple of questions, how they're to deal with long story short. I go, well, is yours for sale? We ended up agreeing on a price, gave me a great deal on it. And next thing you know, it was always cleaners was born. See, that's and you bring up a, a very funny topic where you bring it downstairs in the basement, you hang it up, and yeah. it just reeks. And yeah. kudos to the mothers and fathers, like you said, yeah. putting up with that stench in their house. And my parents yeah. are very particular about cleanliness, and I can just imagine they used to give me shit when they used to be like, "Go put your gear back in the bag." And now yeah. I know why because it stunk so much, or we'd yeah. wash it in the washing machine or whatever. But yeah. truly, clean it the way that you clean it is the more effective and beneficial way for the equipment uh, overall, too. And it's. It's really picked up, obviously, in town, and nor rightfully so. And I hope it just continues to go even outside the soup for you. But it's it's a product that it's a niche market in town and needs to be focused more because the bacteria it causes issues. You're gonna have jog itch. Any kind of any kind of those oh. fleshy diseases. You've seen it. I've been I've been trying to promote. You don't want to promote that stuff, but you want to bring it to light. So there's there's been instances, I believe. Uh, 
Joe Thornton, after one of his surgery, he had, uh, I think it was knee surgery, had some kind of incision on his knee. He came back. He ended up getting a bacterial infection. Obviously, hmm. you're getting that from your equipment. So yeah. this this has been something. I, be, I believe maybe Vander Kane had something similar. I've, I've been trying to research and, and and bring to light some of these kind of things that, that a lot of a lot of the general public doesn't know about. Yeah. So it's it's definitely something that this this service is offered in in bigger cities. This service is offered for for professional sports teams. So every, I think a lot. Pretty much every team in the NHL has something similar to this. The Greyhounds actually use something similar to this. So it is out there, but it was only for a select yeah. few people. So it wasn't, it, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't available to that general public. So that was me kind of saying, you know what? There's a ton of fucking hockey players in Sault Ste. Marie. And there's a ton of mothers, fathers, guardians, whoever it may be, that could greatly benefit from this. So my kind of thing, my kind of thing was I know how expensive hockey is. I want to bring this product. I want to bring this service to the public, but I want to make it affordable. You know, people are spending so much money on hockey, on, on, on their, their mortgages, on food, on everything. I want to be known as more of a need rather than that luxury. That's a good, you know what? That's a very good point that you bring up outside of this. I have a, a full-time work that I do that involves and talk about inflation in town and living standards in Ontario. And it's who same read. I know it's a sports podcast, but we're getting to the point here. It's, the the whole price of everything's got up. You go buy yeah. lettuce. You go the hockey. You bring up is so expensive. Like it's more expensive than when we played. Uh, yeah. I think in my I think it is. If I remember correctly, I don't remember it being uh, like money that it is now and it's just changed the world of sports playing putting someone someone was telling me the other day that i i made a joke said hey if my son or daughter doesn't want to and i'm having kids doesn't want to play hockey i won't be mad i'll put them in guitar or piano and someone yeah. told me hey that's more expensive than, than yeah. hockey is now uh yeah. it, it's it's everything is so expensive so something that's cost effective is very important right because yeah. you're people they're like whoa well, this guy's always looking for a deal it's not that they're just looking for a deal it's just maybe that they can't afford what someone yeah. else is putting out there and you're the great example yeah the hounds have something here in the Sioux, and people don't know who the greyhounds are they're an ohl team here in the Sioux called the Sioux greyhounds uh they have a they they have their own thing. That's for their team. They don't offer that out to the public, right? You have an opportunity to get to have people in town connect with you to make sure that their gear is properly cleaned and in affordable prices. Yeah. So the, obviously like we were talking before, the, the hockey market is the niche for me. I've, I've been around it for years. That's all I knew. It's, it's, it's actually gained a lot of traction since then. I, I believe it or not, uh, I had a, a buddy come by with his, um, his mother had, all these old spools of yarn and he goes they smell like smoke can you throw them in so i've I've got about 50 or 60 spools of yarn sitting in there that i just cleaned so that's (laughs) been a first but i've had uh obviously the hockey equipment goalie stuff i've had i've had duvets i've had pillow covers i've had jackets i've had work i've had uh diesel there dave quinnell came over with about five or six pairs of shoes that just reeked to Oh God! There, we threw them in for two or three rounds. So it's it's it started out as hockey equipment. Now it's it's definitely it's definitely getting a lot bigger. I, I bought some portable machines. I'm looking at uh, um, talking with uh, with Property One. I'm going to see uh, the high school football coaches to see if we can work something out for them. So it's 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 definitely it's definitely got some traction, and it's it's just something. Uh, Something that it's 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 an exciting experience. It's it's an exciting opportunity for me to to be able to bring this to Sault Ste. Marie and and kind of bring it to the forefront. 
Definitely. Now, before we get into some hockey talk about your playing days, where can someone look up Zoli's Cleaners? Where can they contact um, you? So right now we're on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram handle is at Zoli's.Cleaners. And our Facebook is just uh, Zoli's Cleaners. So that's um, we've uh, we, those are the only two social media pages we have right now. Working on a website and... Uh, we've been we've been starting to pump out a little bit more content with uh, just kind of getting our giving our followers um, an idea of things other than hockey equipment because people think oh uh, okay they they do hockey equipment but there's so many other things you, you think about kids toys you think about a just a basement smell yeah, cooking smells interiors of cars there's just there's just a laundry list of things that that we can do that that this this machine is capable of or my portable machines are capable of so. Whether it's whether it's bringing stuff here or me going on site somewhere else, there's there's all kinds of opportunities. So um, I I just uh, if people have any questions, reach out and uh, I'll give you some answers. If I don't have the answers, I'll figure those out. I'll I'll find somebody that knows the answers and I'll I'll forward you the information. Definitely reach out for that for sure. I may have to come and bring some of my gear on. So I tell you, I try to clean it. I still don't think I do a good job cleaning. I'm gonna have to come use the give you give you my gear, you know. Uh, but I want to dive into hockey. And by the way, great hats. Okay, I know that that's a great hat. You know, maybe some people should look at buying some of those hats from you too. Yeah. Uh, but your playing days. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna dive into talking about how you you played. You played overseas. Uh, you played obviously junior hockey. Your roots are here in Sault Ste. Marie. You had some Southern Ontario experience in junior. Then you go to uh, Division Three, I believe, is uh, where you played. Uh, then from Division Three, you go over to the to Eastern Europe. Yeah, yeah, Central Eastern Europe. Yeah, yeah, and I was looking at some of the team names. I'm not going to try uh, because if I try, I might say another. I might say other words. I might get kicked off the chant. I don't know what's going on, so I'm not going to go through the teams. Uh, and butchering names is something I'm known for a little bit. I called the San Diego Gulls the Gills one time, and it was yeah. on uh, a live stream, so it didn't go the greatest there. But the you played 245 approximate games outside of playoff games overseas, yeah. and you had some good times over there. I believe you were captain the one time. I just want you to get into the experience experiences overseas you know you probably got stories like we were saying on the phone a week or so back just sitting on the bus for 12 hours playing euchre or uno and all that with the boys yeah no so it was uh it was a pretty surreal experience just just from the how i first kind of heard about it i, I was telling you about it. i was actually talking to mike about it uh, back at that christmas function we were at it all started when i was uh, i was it was my overage year when i was playing for the huntsville otters we were playing a T we were playing new the new market hurricanes. And it was one of those like sports net webcast broadcasts that I thought was the greatest thing of all time. I was like, Oh, people, people want to watch me play hockey. This is, this is awesome. M- yeah. Mind you, there's probably like 15 people viewing it. Long story short, uh, after, after the game, um, co- coach comes in and goes, Hey, Bronx, uh, somebody wants to come talk to you. Okay, it's got to be maybe a, maybe Hobart came to watch me at a school. It was something with uh, with something at the next level. So I was, I was pretty excited. I go out and there's a guy with a hockey Canada jersey or hockey Canada jacket. I'm going, well, this has to be some kind of mistake. <laughs> he start we start getting to talking. He's going, yeah, yeah I know um, a gentleman overseas in Hungary. I, I know it's your last name's Kovacs. You must have Hungarian lineage. I want to put you in contact with him. So they what Hungary was doing was what uh, they were doing what basically Italy did for the Olympics a couple years ago where they, they almost went to Toronto and tried to find every Italian Canadian, got them their passport so they could, they could build a program. 
So yeah. Hungary was doing something similar to that. So I said, I, I at the point at that point I was like, professional hockey. That's that's incredible. I I never thought this would be a possibility. So yeah, um, I at that point I really didn't know where where Hungary was on a map. I didn't know what the country was like. Yeah. So I didn't really. I kind of brushed it off for a little bit. I didn't think anything of it. And then uh, the next probably next week or so, I get a, a Facebook message from Zoltan Kovacs, and he gave me this spiel in my um, in my inbox going, hey, my name is Zoltan Kovacs. I'm the head of the Hungarian Ice Hockey Federation, Secretary General, Hungarian Ice Hockey Federation. He's giving me the spiel of uh, your salary, and you can play for the national team. We'll get you a passport. I'm sitting there like, this is incredible. It's, it's too good to be true. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's got to be too good to be true. It's got to be somebody that's it's like I'm getting, I'm getting catfished. Is, is yeah, for sure. <laughs> so next thing, and just just by the name Zoltan Kovacs, because I'm going that you don't see that name very often. Like the, no. these guys, somebody's, somebody's talking with me. Somebody's screwing with me here. So yeah. thankfully, my my dad actually reached out. He reached out to Hartsey. Hartsey called somebody from Hockey Canada. Going, who's this Zoltan Kovacs guy? And they said, like he's a he's a big uh, big name over there. He's he's really helped out Hungarian hockey over the years. So this was all legit. Next thing I know, I I gave him a call. And I'm going listen. I got to get my schooling done. I, I had a conversation with my parents going, let me get my, let me get the college education because that's 10 years ago. That's what you had to do. You had to go get a certificate and pay $200,000 before you can get a real job. So you said, yeah, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll fall in line, go to college for four years, have a great time. And then yeah. um, graduated in May, 2015, July. It was July, July, 2015. Me and my dad hopped on a plane and headed off to Europe. So he, Somehow he convinced my mom that he had to he had to bring me just in case I got lost along the way, just in case I didn't know what was going on over there. So me <laughs> and him had a I think a week a week and a half vacation over there together, and he got me all settled in, and that's kind of where it all started. You know what? See the part where you said Zoldan Kovacs mentioned. I would have been I wouldn't have read it. I, I honestly yeah. think I would have looked at it and been like, Yeah, yeah you think it was it was like it was spam. Yeah, it was because I, I I mean. There's not a very large Hungarian population, so it, you don't really you see the Italians, the Irish, the the Sioux is only made up of so many different heritages, yeah, lineages or cultures. So it's the the Italians kind of dominate. So I I never met anybody else from Hungary, but I guess yeah. like the the Kovac and like Zoltan is is basically like a Mike Smith here. So it's a very common name. So there's I was playing with I was. I was playing on teams where there's 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 another Kovacs on the team and everybody back home is going, oh, you're playing with your cousin or you're playing with your uncle or you're playing with one of these guys. <laughs> no, no, it's just a it's common just, name. It's just a common, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a common name over there. So that was uh, that was definitely a culture shock for me. So how about the play? Now, can we t- we've had player, like I know you're someone who's listened to the special edition shows. We've had some European guys. Uh, that a couple ex-teammates. A couple ex-teammates of yours, I believe, no. was one cash did you play with cash, yeah, cash. play with cash and was it bonder chuck i don't know if you played with bonder chuck no, uh just saint pierre oh that's it yeah martin saint pierre yeah there you go that's right so there's a couple of guys we had and we always talk about the difference between the north american and the european game okay so there there is a difference uh yeah. you can tell in the game it's faster i feel the speed is there in europe the body contact well, you don't see body contact anymore in Canada. It's yeah. down the tubes, but it's a different style of game that you had to learn going yeah. over there. And you, you probably playing college 
got you groomed to be able to learn a little bit because the college level is a fast game too, right? It's, uh, but what was the shock like playing in that game and in, in the European game from jumping from North America right to Europe? Besides just getting there and learning a new language or like learning that lifestyle, you have to jump on the ice and just learn a new game in a way too. One of the one of the biggest things is when I first got there, there was a, they still uh, Hungarian hockey was still developing. They were still trying to find their identity. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of their hockey they kind of modeled after the USSR and Russia because when they were they they had a pretty they had a pretty tough history. If you kind of if you kind of go, I'm not a history buff by any means, but if you kind of go back in the history books and see, okay, they were occupied by Germany, they were occupied by the Russians, they were behind the Iron Curtain. So they kind of formed a lot of their systems, a lot of their style after that kind of USSR with with the on ice training, the off ice training. So it was definitely a different experience for me. So my actually my first year I was over there, I had a Russian coach by the name of Evgeny Muhin, and um, there was a mutual dislike, I guess, on both sides. He was he, I believe. He was on, or he was part of the team. I don't know if you remember when Canada played Russia, and there was that punch out in where they had to, at the World Juniors where they had to turn the lights off. Yeah, that was the the eighties, I believe, right? Yeah. That happened. Eighties that happened. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He either played on that team the year before, or the year after, or during it. And needless to say, he did not like Canadians. For I mean, rightfully so, if he was <laughs> if he was involved in that, and they had to turn the lights off and. He's probably getting his face mushed in by Theo Fleury or someone. <laughs> I mean, I can't really blame him, but uh, we—it was definitely a—it was the first time in my life that it was—it was tough. Just the the communication. So oh, when, I- uh, my my first year, like you, you got to think when you're when you're playing when you're playing your minor minor hockey when you're playing college, it's all English. Yeah. When I got over there, I couldn't speak a lick of Hungarian. I didn't know yes, no. I didn't know anything. I was just shaking your head or nodding your head. Yeah. <laughs> you got to think hockey is a very universal sport where you don't really need. I kind of thought, oh, you know what? I could figure out it's hockey. But just over that first year, it was, you know, when you're sitting around a campfire and you're playing that telephone game? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what it was like. So good I'm example. sitting there, I, I'm, I'm sitting there, I, I go on, I think I have a good shift, maybe I make a hit, I, 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 do, I, I do something. Yeah. I come off the bench, mind you, the, this Russian coach didn't speak a lick of Hungarian either. He only spoke Russian. Oh. So it, it, would, it would basically, it would get translated down from Russian to Hungarian. From, it was the head coach to the assistant coach who spoke Hungarian and Russian. Then the assistant coach would tell somebody that spoke Hungarian and English. And by that time it was coming to me and I was putting my foot over the boards going out again. <laughs> so for the whole year, I got this guy yelling at me in Russian. I'm going, either he's saying great job or probably something I can't say on this podcast. Uh, I, suck. <laughs> so that, that uh, you don't realize how much community, how, how valuable communication is until you get put in that position. Yeah, and that was—I'm not gonna lie—that was a, a very, for my first year pro, it was—it was a successful year, but it was—it was very hard. It was a very hard year not being able to communicate with your with your with your coach with your teammates. I mean, we—you got the small talk in, but aside from hey, what'd you do last night? Oh, I I play Xbox. I do this. It was very primitive communications. 
So yeah. that was uh, that was definitely a long year. The the town I played in there wasn't a lot of English speakers, mm. so it was it was it was getting to the point at the end of the year where I was just I was so excited to come home and just just talk to people and have like an intellectual conversation. So yeah. it, it was I, when I first got home, it was I, I, we'd go to a bar, we go for food, and I would almost hear people speak English, and you could just kind of see me turning my head and just 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 almost staring at these people and it's because i hadn't heard english and so like real english for so long because yeah, you were so separated from it where you yeah, were so when you go through that it was that was definitely a tough first year um uh the the coaching didn't really help out the the team nope. was figuring out a couple things but uh it was uh it was a, a very unique departure um from my end and from from how how en- things ended over there but you know what? I I ended up finding a new team. Uh, I think within twenty four to forty eight hours, I was having a meeting with a team where, when uh, my current team was actually playing, so I, I ended up uh, I ended up in a really good spot, and I I ended up in Budapest the next year. See, see, and everything aligned that way, and was better for you. And eventually, yeah. you're looking at it. And a couple more things before we let you go, Bronze. See, we we you you end up wearing the c when you're down there okay yeah. so now you go from an experience where you don't know a lick of the language and now you're a captain and uh, of a of a team in europe and you're a canadian okay yeah. like and that's a big honor in itself yeah. so the two points i'd like to get into is that captaincy that year as being the captain how that was how that felt for you and then the the second part that i'll get into is i want to give you the floor on the best or funniest story that you can share on this podcast and it doesn't matter if it's R rated, you can have yeah. the floor with that. Okay. Yeah. But I, that captaincy, when I saw that, that's pretty big honor to have, especially being international. So the, yeah, the captaincy, that was, um, that was definitely one of the biggest honors I had over there. It was for me, when I went to college, I took, um, I studied sociology and anthropology anthropology, yeah. basically studying different cultures and how to become part of that culture without being looked at as an outsider. So that was when I went over there. I was, I was, uh, they got me a passport. They were, I was, uh, they basically called me Kovac Zoli. That was my name over there. So oh, cool. I, I worked, I, I actually worked pretty hard over the years. Um, I ended up getting a tutor. Uh, they got uh, my team in Budapest got me a tutor. I was learning, I was learning the language. I, I wish I would have done a little bit better, but I, I learned some broken, I learned some broken Hungarian in the six years. I had enough to, to carry these smaller conversations and then to, to live day to day. And I was really proud that I, that I was able to accomplish that. And that yeah. was um, the cherry on top was, was being named captain that last, uh, my second year in Dune Varos. And that was, that was definitely an honor. It just, for me, it was my teammates and, and the coaches have accepting me as Kovacs only the Hungarian, not Bronson Kovacs, the Canadian. So Good that point. part, uh, yeah. that part was really, really special for me. Looking at some of the jerseys now, uh, and I had an A on my jersey for a little, or my second time around at Debertsen, I had a, I had the A on my jersey. Uh, my first year in Dab, I think I was an assistant captain, so it wasn't. I've I've been part of the leadership group a lot from from a young age to from from my time with the Thunderbirds to yeah. even before yeah. that in the North Stars. Stars. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was something I've always, I've always kind of, I've always kind of liked taking that leadership role. I like being vocal. I like kind of leading by example. So that was nothing new to me, but uh, to get that honor to, to be able to lead a, a professional hockey team overseas as somewhat of a foreign player was, I was, 
it was just pretty surreal that that those guys kind of saw me as a leader, even though I wasn't a natural, a naturally born Hungarian. Yeah, I see. That's and that's no. I like the way you brought out say they they brought you up as a Hungarian. They didn't think of you as yeah. a Canadian. I like that. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Now, like I was saying, the final play to end up in a bang with this. You know, yeah. I, we were talking about this on the phone. You said that you have some stories. Yeah. You know, I've pumped you up that I think you can share a lot of your stories to the world. Uh, but I want to give you the floor on a story that you'd like to share to the Game Sports Show listeners on a funny mem or funny story yourself about someone else. Floor is yours for, for that. Okay, well, I... We could be here for hours. There could be there could be PG thirteen. There could be R rated. There's fourteen A or R. You can go that level, man. I'm yeah, good with that. scenes. There's all. There's there's enough for a book, I think. But, <laughs> uh, one one of the ones that that it was actually a, a, just a, an incredible experience for me. Um, this would have been. I'm looking at the jersey now. This would have been my second year in Mott's uh, Mott's Budapest. So my third year overseas. And we were playing for a team called Mott's, uh, Mott's Budapest. And um, I go into the office, and one of our office ladies, Emma, she, I go see her every morning. I'd have a coffee, say hello, and she I was her little monkey. And we'd be chatting, and she goes, um, I need you I need you to do so. – she, she had very good English. So she, was, she was somebody I relied on, relay, relied on heavily. So I go see her, and she goes, oh, um, we, got a, we, got, uh, we, got a, we need a couple guys to go on a game show. Okay, well, I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, there yeah. was. Uh, I want to say one, two, four, four, five, several, five or six of us that we all say, "Hey, you got to be at uh, the TV two. I think it was TV two, the the, the TV studio at seven o'clock. So me and uh, one of the other Canadians, Wes Cunningham, actually a buddy that uh, I still keep in touch with. He's uh, he's from Chatham. So me and him jump in the car, and there's two or three other Hungarians that we all go to this place, and we're on this TV show. It's called Opera Madian, and it's this it's this game show they have in Hungary where people watch on TV, and you can you can almost you can grab your phone and you can kind of vote in. So the, the premise of this show is they pose these questions. They so uh, to give you an example before before we were part of the show. The question was, how long should women have after giving birth before they have to go back to work? And it's they have a panel discussion of there's some celebrities in this panel. They have discussions. Oh, if they should go back right away. They never have to work again. They get two years. They get five years. And they'll discuss it. And then people will vote at home. And then, boom, that's okay. That On to the next one. So needless to say, we're like sitting a in a way. Yeah. So we're yeah. sitting, we're sitting back. Uh, these doors open up, and there's five or six of us, and we're in hockey gear from our pants down. Took our skate blades out, gloves, stick, naked, shirtless. And oh. We walk, and we the, these doors open up, and the smoke goes, and we walk down these glass stairs and skates, and everybody's going wild, and we're like, this is. I'm like, there's, it's a live TV set. I'm kind of in shape and kind of not in shape. I'm walking down. The guys are doing push-ups before. We got our makeup done. I'm going, what is this? What did I sign up for? <laughs> Mind you, this is all in Hungarian. So me and Wes are sitting there looking at each other like, no idea what's going on. So I guess the question for them is, do you prefer your men 
with a shaved chest, with a hairy oh, chest, oh. with a trim chest. So I'm sitting there and I, I look like a grizzly bear. You got a <laughs> who doesn't have a hair on his body. You got some of these 19 year olds that are like quaffing themselves. And well, there, there's the, there's the one gymnast or figure skater on the panel and she's flirting with everybody and just, just having, Oh, look at these, guys. just having a great time. <laughs> like I said, I'm half naked on a Hungarian TV show. No clue what's going on. All of a sudden, everybody votes in, and uh, they, everybody starts celebrating. I look over to the host. I go, "What happened? Like, who do, do they like? The hairy women? Do they, or do they like the hairy men? Do they, the, the shaved one?" She goes, "They like you. They like you." <laughs> so I'm just I'm on cloud nine. Go, let's this this is bad. Let's go celebrate. You're like, next, yeah. Next thing we know, I'm going upstairs, and uh, we get back in our dressing room. I look at my phone. It's blowing up with all these people going. I'm sitting here with my parents. Why are you naked on my TV? <laughs> every, you know what? Every once in a while, it's it's. I think it's it's still on Facebook somewhere on Upper Mudyard. And every once in a while, I'll just look. I'll look back on it going, "This doesn't have, this doesn't happen in North America." This is producer crazy. Mike Sony might have to find that clip and put it on the put it at the end of the segment to show people that clip. <laughs> it was it was one of the funny it was one of the funniest experiences of my life. But that's. That's, oh, that's about awesome. a million different uh, different situations I found myself in over there. Some good, some bad, some some story worthy. Some uh, some can only be told in a, in a in a booth at a bar where nobody else can hear you, <laughs> <laughs> or in the garage there beside the cleaner when you're getting yeah. your gear clean. Yeah. Um, see, did you at least on the way out give them like a little dance or a little pose on the way out, or you just get out of there? A little shimmy shake. <laughs> I think I was just on cloud nine going, they, they like, they like their man, Harry, I got a chance. I got a chance. <laughs> No, that's good. See that that's good. That story, like you said, we can write a book. You could write a book, stories, but that one's that one's good. I might have to find a way to get that clip into the show because I need to find that now. I never knew that. Not that I want to look at Bronson Nake. I want to clarify that with the listeners. Okay, I'm sure if I asked him to do the pose, he might. But I'm not doing that, Game Sports Show listeners. There's no none of that happening. But Bronson, that's a that's a good tale, my man. I like that. That's good. <laughs> So now we talked, I'm going to get to the end here. Always uh, it's fine. We went a little bit extra here with you and I want to make sure that we talked everything with your business, everything you did in hockey. Uh, you're giving in, in a way your business is giving back to the community on a sport that gave you so much. Right. And it's, uh, it's a sport that's still popular in town, despite how people, and this is Sault Ste. Marie comment based only anyone outside the Sioux can kind of mute this, but in the Sioux, there's a lot of criticism on how the hockey development is in town. Okay. So the Sioux though is a very popular and known hockey town. We've been, we've pride ourselves in hockey and speaking of mine and Bronson's generation. Yeah. There was a lot of championships and a lot of winning in that age group. And it's maybe not as happy as much now, but I think that's because the game has grown to a little bit elsewhere. Let's give credit with that. But your product is giving back to the community. Uh, and there's a lot of people that work in the hockey community in so many different ways. So it's great that you're doing that. And I want to remind listeners and viewers to check out Zoli's Cleaners on Facebook, Instagram. You can reach out to Bronson directly or me. I'll be the middle person if you want, and I'll send you right to Bronson. So, Bronson, I want to say thanks for taking the time, man, for coming on the Game Sports Show. I know you've listened to the show, and I'm happy to have you here as a guest, and we'll have you again sometime soon. Perfect. I'm looking forward to it. Give me a give me a little bit of a heads up and I'll dig up uh I'll dig dig up a couple more good ones for the listeners. Well, maybe, you know, until this, uh, the podcast gets going, maybe we can have a little Zolly's Cleaners or something segment mixed in on the show. Maybe that's something we have to add on down the road. But I'm ready to go anytime I get the call. 
Awesome. And I'll, you also are next door to my sister. So I'll have to come over there with my hockey gear and have a, have a drink with you in your garage there and talk some more tales. Sounds but, good. I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Awesome. Thanks again, Bronson, for coming on. We're going to take a quick, uh, quick moment here. We'll let Bronson get off and we're going to get into uh, the last and final point of the show. I want to say thank you again to Bronson Kovacs for taking the time out of his busy schedule to join us here on the Gain Sports Show podcast. Bronson for sure has tales for days and we'll make sure to get Bronson to come on once in a while to share those stories with you as well as just talk some hockey. The guy's got knowledge and the guy's got some cleaning expertise as well. So if you've got to get that, 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 that gear, easy for me to say, cleaned up, get in touch with Bronson Kovacs. Now we're getting to the final part of the show and it's always my least favorite, even though the content's always great and fun to talk about. I don't like concluding the show. It's always so much fun to talk with you, the viewers, the, the listeners of the game sports show. And for taking the time to listen to me, make sure you have subscribed and liked all the platforms of the game sports show and also T jam, but to go out with a bang with this topic for, I'm going to call it the final thoughts. And I'm going to start incorporating final thoughts into my final topic. It just makes sense, right? Final segment, final final topic, may as well be final thoughts. And it's going to be football related. All right. And it makes sense because this week we don't have it in the pocket podcast. In the pocket is a podcast that's been around for our, over six years for the game sports show. It's one of our longest running podcasts next to hockey. And we have seven other shows on the game sports show platform. Then we have the T gem network and we're under the sports category in T gem. There's just so much content you can enjoy, but we're talking football right now. And the in the pocket segment will be off this week. Cause we have the pro bowl and we have a, we had a very interesting question come in, uh, in terms of what's better between the NHL all-star game and the pro bowl. Now I'll get to that last uh, in terms of that, answering that question, I want to save that for last because I'm not going to give too much rationale with it. But football itself, the AFC NFC Championship weekend that just passed. We have the Super Bowl coming up, and like I said, the In the Pocket podcast is on a week off, so we don't have any football that we're talking about here on the Game Sports Show. But I'm sure you'll have lots of content to dive into, uh, and then of course. We will have a big Super Bowl preview show coming up as well as all the news you can check on the Game Sports Show uh, content. But I want to make sure I dive into football because of that. And the games this weekend, I did predict the Eagles to beat the Niners. That was one game to predict. The big part of it was, I just feel like Philadelphia at home, tough place to play. But the Niners, my goodness, not able to stay healthy in the quarterback position in any which way. Injuries. Is that an excuse to use? You know what? I, the game obviously would have been a little closer, but I truly don't think the Niners would have beat the Eagles. I don't think they're as good as the Eagles. I really don't. I am sorry. Even McCaffrey, big ad this year. It just wasn't the it wasn't their time to win. Uh, I don't. If seeing them in the game, and if I saw if they had uh, Tom Brady there. Well, maybe too soon to talk about Tom Brady, but I'm sure he's already on the phone with the, the 49ers because they might need some more depth in that quarterback position. Because when you're down to your fourth string quarterback and then you put in your injured quarterback to start off the game, you're not going to have a recipe for success. Bosa's working his ass off on the D side of the ball. The Niners just set up for a disaster as soon as kickoff occurred in that game in Philadelphia. And people got to stop putting jerseys on the Rocky Monument. Listen, I'm a big Rocky fan. And that statue is legendary one. Don't put any jersey on there. Okay, I wouldn't even say put anything Toronto related on that statue. You leave that statue alone. It has been through enough. It had to move from the top to the bottom. There was a dispute. And every team that puts a jersey on there, 
it's like that definition, okay, that they talk about when you repeatedly do stuff over again, okay? It's like insanity. That's what that is. Don't be putting your jersey on top of that of the of uh, the Rocky Balboa monument, okay, in Philadelphia. Leave that the way it is because you're going to be cursing yourself free from the start. The Eagles came out that game. The better team won. The team that would have won won anyways. Sorry to say it, Niners and Niners fans. Might have been a different turnout, more exciting game, but the Eagles, the fate. Eagles fly, and they're flying the way of the Super Bowl, rightfully so, because they won in all areas of that game. And yes, big part of it again is because the injuries on the QB side of the Niners. Let's talk Chiefs Bengals briefly before we wrap up the show. Again, we're here on the final thoughts. Last topic of the Game Sports Show podcast, episode two, powered by the Game Entertainment Media. I'm David McKegg. This is, of course, produced by the one only man to myth legend, Mike Tassoni. That game between the Bengals and Chiefs, a little bit underwhelming for me a little bit, but still very entertaining. That went down right to the end. The Kansas had to hold them off. I predicted this game to be 42-38 Bengals. I was wrong. The high-powered offense wasn't there. Uh, Mahomes playing on one foot, basically still injured. The guy's a battler. Okay, and don't forget, he almost played baseball. Okay, good thing he chose football. You know, there was some uh, baseball history there with the Patrick Mahomes. You can look that up. Very interesting. But he chose the world of football, and good thing that he did. The guy's already a Super Bowl champion. He's likely going to be the MVP this year, and he's going back to Super Bowl for the to win hopefully this time around the last time he was there third time in four years he's been there he lost to the tampa bay buccaneers and that is to tom brady and the buccaneers so i'm sure there's a little bit of redemption there that's needed but what's the cool storyline about that game between the Bengals and the chiefs is that defense actually showed up in the game but there was a lot of times that that i felt the joe burrow wasn't joe burrow in that game okay like you can look at this at the the Bengals and Chiefs, and you can see overall that the game was like really contained. Okay, really contained. The first quarter only had three points. I believe it was a field goal by the Chiefs. And then the second quarter started picking up a little bit. The ten by the Chiefs, and then six by the Bengals. Remember correctly, it was thirteen six going into half, and then. Third quarter came, they exchanged touchdowns. And then the fourth quarter, the Bengals made a late run. The Chiefs have a, had a field goal in there. And ultimately, that's what led to the to the final. But two interceptions for Joe Burrow in that football game. Patrick Mahomes, zero. There is a point. Turning the football over. doesn't matter if you turn over the game or what came out of points are those interceptions. What matters is that who had possession more in the game, the possession of the game more at the key opportune times that led to the other points in the football game. And true football players will know that each play, each snap counts. And those interceptions are something to really focus on in that game. Joe Burrow threw three, under 300 yards. Patrick Mahomes threw over two and he threw two touchdowns. What hurt ankle does he have? I don't know what he has in terms of hurt, but Joe Burrow running the football. I really feel that Joe Burrow in this game, and it's funny because it was Kelsey that said that at the postgame reaction, Burrow had my ass. He was yelling to Patrick Mahomes. And while Mahomes is getting interviewed and there's a lot of speculation, they know what, this is Joe Burrow's chance for redemption this year. He's going to make the Super Bowl and win it this year. Look, the Bengals are going to be back. They're going to be a Super Bowl team. They're going to win the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow there. I'm going to fly. I'll say it. All you Cincinnati fans can get excited, but you're not happy right now. The key thing of this is that the Kansas City Chiefs were able to contain and they must have watched some previous tapes. They must have looked at different things to really see what can really make the Bengals stand out and have the football turned over, but also contain them without having to get a lot of points because Burrow can throw the football. He can run with the football, but Mahomes can do the same thing. But Mahomes is someone who is 
who is injured currently, right? And doesn't look like it has any issues with that. But it's going to be amazing to see what he does this week with the week off going into the Super Bowl. Overall, the Bengals-Chiefs game, underwhelming but still exciting. If that makes sense, it was, I expected more, but it was still a game that had you at the end of your couch end of your edge of your seat. Or if you were listening with your, I don't know how to say edge of your ears. That's not a thing, but you had the end. They had you excited for the ending of final result, And there was some dispute on the Bengals side. Players were again, mad at each other thing. And they could have won this game. Cincinnati. They shot themselves in a the foot in a lot of circumstances, but the chiefs found a way to win and good teams find ways to win. And the big key points of that game that caused the Bengals to lose, I feel are those interceptions and just not capitalizing and the chiefs being really strong on the defensive side of the football and Mahomes throwing the ball when needed and being smart, given that he is injured, he was able to adapt to the game and that's what the good players do. And he isn't, he just something to watch. Now he has to week off because of the pro bowl. Then he's going to play on the 12th and at the super bowl. He's probably going to be more than ready. Uh, almost at a hundred percent likely by then. I'm sure but he is going against a very, very confident Eagles team. And we're going to get into the Super Bowl preview show for in the pocket later. And to spoil my prediction, because I don't want to make it wait, I do believe the Chiefs are going to beat the Eagles in that game. It is not going to be as high scoring people think. 28 to 17, 21. I got to give you a score. So 28, 21 with my prediction in the Super Bowl. I may change that by the Super Bowl preview show, but Patrick Mahomes and the Chief, this seems like this is the team to do it. He has an MVP caliber season, and it seems like getting that trophy to get back and have that redemption for the year that he lost to Brady. It's time. But Philadelphia, do not count them out. Do not count on Hurts. Do not count out the Philadelphia Eagles. They are so exciting to watch are those Eagles. And they're going to not go down without a fight. But if, if Mahomes is healthy, he has a weapon in Kelsey. You can't count out the Chiefs in that. Final thought with that. Kelsey and Kelsey against each other. The Kelsey brothers. You got to love that. The first time the brothers are against each other in a Super Bowl. And the first time ever in the NFL that brothers are against each other in the Super Bowl. In its existence. That is amazing. And very big parts of their team are the Kelsey brothers. Kelsey, obviously, I feel, has a little bit of that extra hedge with the being Mahomes' main weapon. But the Kelsey having the brothers going against each other, you have the mother uploading pictures, I have a half Chiefs, half Eagles jersey. You got to love those storylines. It makes for great football. And you got to know that they're going to have a little friendly family wager there. And someone's going to leave heartbroken, though. And I think it's going to be the Kelsey that dons the green. The one that dons the red, orange, white might be the one having supremacy, lifting the trophy, uh, the Lombardi trophy with Patrick Mahomes at the end of it. But the key parts of the Eagles to be successful in this game is contain Mahomes in the air and attack him and try to get through that old line of Kansas City. And then on the offensive side, be smart running the football and throw the short plays at the opportune time. For the Chiefs to be successful, it's containing that confident offense in the running game of Jalen Hurts on the defensive side of the football, uh, or sorry, uh, on the offensive side of the football, my apologies. It is throwing the football uh, and utilizing Kelsey, getting him open as best as can so you can power down the field. And then you can look at a, a running or short throw game within uh, the 30 yards down to the red zone. I think that's where the Chiefs will be successful is utilizing their weapons on the offensive side as they get down the field, but then also containing not just a short throw, but utilizing all receivers, but using Kelsey to get the power down into the field to start using the weapons that they have on the sides. But 
like I said, Chiefs over the Eagles, 28-21. My prediction, you'll have to wait for the Super Bowl preview show for maybe any changes or any further predictions from the Game Sports Show staff. Those are my final thoughts, and that is a lot for final thoughts. I don't have a watch on. I look at my, my invisible watch and look at the time here on the studio. It's been Mike Tassoni doing a fantastic job on the other end. The man, the myth, the legend, the one only Mike Tassoni, producer of the Game Sports Show podcast. This has been the Game Sports Show podcast, episode two, powered by the Game Entertainment Media. This edition is sponsored by the Sport Displays and by Flawless Roofing. And it's been hosted by yours truly, David McKaig Jr. We are based in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. For anybody outside the Sioux, uh, people that know everyone's, if know the Game Sports Show, great. For those who tune in outside the Sioux St. Marie, we hope that you're having a safe time and you're enjoying the podcast and the comfort of your home. But if you want to hear more content, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe for more content of the Game Sports Show, the Game Sports Show Special Editions, or upcoming editions of the Game Sports Show in general, or even overall with TGEM and the Game Entertainment and Media. I want to say thanks again to Bronson Kovacs for taking the time to, out of his day to come talk Zoli's Cleaners and his time playing in Europe. And again... If this wouldn't be possible for you, the listeners, uh, for this game sports show that's been running for almost seven years, January 2024, which is, I guess, I guess this actually is the seventh year. My goodness, January 2016. I don't know math, I guess. For seven years that this show has been running, it is because of you. The great fans have been tuning in with us and have been with us from the beginning. And those new ones that are supporting us, we appreciate it. And if you want to provide any questions, any feedback, make sure that you comment below. And speaking of that feedback, I didn't forget that question. It'll be the perfect thing to lead to the conclusion. What's better, the Pro Bowl or the NHL All-Star Game? Listen, I will answer that question for you. The NHL All-Star Game is better than the Pro Bowl. And you know what I think about the NHL All-Star Game. So what does that tell you about the Pro Bowl? Am I watching the Pro Bowl this weekend? Absolutely not. (laughs) Scrap that nonsense too. NHL All-Star Game still over the Pro Bowl. I may have got some people mad. Tell me if you are mad below. I'm I'm excited to hear it. We will be back next week for episode three of the Game Sports Show podcast. We will have Mike Fabro come on. You can check him out on his, uh, on his hockey player or his fantasy YouTube channel. We'll get into that. A lot of subscribers and followers here for Mike Fabro. It's going to be great having Mike on. And we're going to be talking more sports here on the Game Sports Show podcast. And there may be another guest that comes on if we're able to chime that in. Any uploads coming up for the Game Sports Show, as I mentioned, in the pocket is off. Uh, we do plan that there is a planned upload for Top Shelf this week. And we are nearing our next special edition upload, uh, which will be with John Morasti, one of the gyms on Shorzy. So make sure you keep an eye on all that content. But... Just keep an eye in general for the Game Sports Show uploads. There's always a lot to enjoy. Again, thank you to Mike Tassoni for being the producer of the Game Sports Show podcast powered by the Game Entertainment and Media. I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.